I did about 9,000 stories in my career over 34 years. And so many of those stories, there's a backstory or something the viewers never saw. Having covered Plano and Collin County for years as a local TV news reporter and now working for the city, nobody knows Plano quite like Steve Stoller. He shares road stories from his new book, Tonight at 10, from breaking national stories he witnessed firsthand to a gross-out encounter with a snake butt. When it's a full moon, uh, dispatch knows. If you've ever dialed 911, you may have reached dispatcher Keisha Hogan. She's our Plano character for this episode and gives us a peek behind the scenes. And finally, our tale of curiosity, We'll say goodbye to Dandelion, the soon-to-be-retired Crayola Crayon. This is one of the final stops on his grand retirement tour. Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano and just outside of what you might expect. If you followed the news and politics of Plano in the last 20 years, then you know this name. Steve Stoller. I'm the director of media relations for the city of Plano. Steve covered the city of Plano as a Collin County reporter, first for Channel 4 and later for Channel 8. And he wrote a book about it called Tonight at 10. Steve was kind enough to sit down with us and share some road stories with our producer, Mary Jacobs a fellow refugee from the TV news business. Your book opens with a scene from fairly early in your career. It was your last day at uh, one of your jobs, and your boss moons you. Why start there? I love humor. You know, my whole life, I was the class clown when I was in elementary school. And I, I always like a good joke. I always like humor. And in a newsroom and in the business, when you see so many negative things so many heartbreaking things. I think that sometimes we use humor to offset that. Steve's unique relationship with Collin County began in 1990. After stints at Channel 4 as a general assignment reporter and then covering state politics in Austin, he got a new beat, Collin County. They said, you know, Collin County is very, very fast growing. And in terms of viewership, we're going to have a lot of new television viewers in Collin County from all the people who are moving there. So we'd really like to put you in our Plano newsroom. We actually had our newsroom at the Plano Star Courier. One of the first big stories that Stoller covered was the 1993 murder of Ashley Estelle. I covered the whole case from when Ashley went missing. She was at a Labor Day soccer tournament with her family. Her brother was playing soccer and her parents, and there were thousands of people there watching. These soccer teams came in from all over the country. So Ashley, just for a brief moment, went over to play on a playground, and she disappeared. They had a search for her, and then I guess it was maybe the next day or the day after they found her body. One of the images from that that I'll never forget as long as I live is Mr. Estelle came to the scene where they found the body, and our Plano city manager, Bruce Glasscock, was the police chief back then. And I'll never forget when Mr. Estelle identified the body and how Bruce was comforting him. Another big story was a hostage situation at a Plano daycare. 
that crime, that incident gripped this city. And really, to me, I thought that's when we lost our innocence. Because things like that, child killings, were not supposed to happen in peaceful suburbs like Plano. We had a scanner in our newsroom, and that's when we were at the Plano Star Courier. So, you know, sometimes you hear in the dispatcher's voice a sense of urgency, and it draws your attention to it. So they said, hostages at a daycare center. So immediately, you know, we listened carefully, and they said it was the Rigsby Daycare Center over off of Rigsby Drive on the east side of Plano. So being at the Star Courier, which used to be at Avenue G in Plano Parkway, we were very close. So we immediately, me and a photographer got in the car and we raced over there. And things were unfolding as soon as we got there. One of the first images we saw was a police officer and he was running as fast as he could away from the daycare center. And under each arm, he had a child. Right off the bat, the police started negotiating with him and he started releasing kids. So as soon as he would release the kids out the door, the police would grab them and then take them to safety as quickly as possible. So we had this incredibly moving shot of this one officer holding a child under each arm. And as he was running as fast as he could, the child's arms and legs were fledgling as he would run. And we must have used that shot on the air a dozen times in the next several hours because that that one shot told the story of what was happening. You've covered a couple of tragedies that in- involve children, young people. How does that affect you as as a dad? I think as a human being on the first level, it affects you even if you don't have children. But, you know, there's been so many other stories that I've seen since I've had kids that, yeah, you have a different perspective when you're a dad. And you see these stories because, you know, you think, God, that could have been my kid. And one thing I always tried to do with my two boys is when there would be a high profile news story and it involved kids making bad decisions. I would always tell my boys about it and say, listen, this is what happens. This is what can happen. You can be a great kid. You can make great grades. One bad decision can not only change your life, it can kill you. So, I, th- you know, looking at my boys now, one's 23 and one's 20, I think, I think they got the, that message. Of course, not all the stories out of Plano were bad. Steve did many stories with a man whose name is familiar to just about everyone in the Plano school system. Jim Dunlap. I always say that, you know, of all the people I've ever met in my life, Jim is right at the top. He was a special, special human being. Jim was the director of Plano ISD's Outdoor Learning Center. He had a menagerie of animals, including Katie, an 18-foot Burmese python. Katie once co-starred in a live shot that Steve Stoller anchored. No one can hold Katie because she's just too darn big. I was holding the first segment of Katie. The rest of her was on the floor. And, you know, her head's about the size of a a football going back and forth, and her tongue was coming out. So I held Katie in my arms, and what I was going to say is, this is Katie. She's a Burmese python. She weighs about 180 pounds. She's 18 feet long. And then I said something we went to tape. Jim gave me this look that only Jim could have on his face. And I go, what's wrong? And he goes... You know what you just said, don't you? And I go, yeah. I said, Katie's 18 feet long, 180 pounds. He goes, that's not what you said. 
I said, oh my God, what did I say? He said, you said Katie's 180 pounds and 18 inches long. That's one fat snake. Steve tagged along on a trip to the vet. Jim was worried because Katie hadn't eaten for months. That turned into one of the grossest experiences of Steve's TV career. So one of the veterinarians at the small animal clinic at A&M, they're going to do surgery to see what, you know, why she wasn't eating. So the doctor says, let me, let me do something. Let me, let me check one thing. And he puts the surgical glove on and he puts his hand inside Katie's anus. And he has his arm into the snake up to his shoulder, right? <laughs> we couldn't show this on TV because it was so disgusting. He pulls out this like feces that's hard as a rock. It's like calcified fecal matter. And he goes, here's the problem. He goes, she has an impacted bowel. Who knew snakes even had bowels? <laughs> One day, out of the blue, I get this call from him, and he said, I got to ask you a personal question. I said, of course, what? He said, will you speak at my funeral? And I said, well, that's kind of a strange question. I said, of course I will. I said, but Jim, I have a feeling that's not going to happen for a very, very long time. And he goes, well, you know, you got to line things up just in case. He had some heart issues, and I think that he came to terms with his own mortality. And sure enough, I think it was two years and he passed away. And I wanted to make good on my promise to him to speak. And the one thing that I really enjoyed, we actually had it at Plano Senior High in the auditorium because that was the first school he taught at in the PISD. And it really became a true, you always hear that, that a funeral or a memorial service is a celebration of the person's life. This really was a true celebration. I miss his humor. I miss his personality. He's just, uh, it's, I'll have a hole in my heart that'll never be filled by this guy leaving the earth. Steve and Mary have something else besides a history and TV news in common. They're both survivors of Hodgkin's disease, a type of cancer. Steve chronicled his story on Channel 4 and talked with us about his decision to go public with the help of medical reporter John Hammerly. And I wasn't so sure at first that I wanted to do it. It's a pretty personal, private thing to go through cancer treatment, as you know. But then I started thinking, I wonder how many people out there have these bumps and golf balls and growths that they're just blowing off, just like I did. If we encourage someone to go see a doctor and they detected cancer early, we might actually help that person live we might save a life. So once I started thinking in terms of that, I told John, I go, I am so in. Let's, let's definitely do this. Steve remembers his first chemo treatment. That moment when the doctors read through the frightening list of potential side effects from the chemotherapy drugs. He felt demoralized, and it showed in his TV report. That's when I started getting letters. And the letters came from total strangers. Many of them came from cancer survivors. And these letters were so heartfelt and emotional and uplifting. And my support group became the viewers. I got one from a 19-year-old student at the University of North Texas, 19 years old. And the words spoke to me. It's like this person has so much wisdom and they're only a freshman in college. 
And she wrote, I saw the story last night as you were getting your first chemo treatment and you looked pretty gloomy. She said, I just want you to know that I've been through it myself. I had Hodgkin's and one day you're going to look back at all this and you're going to laugh because you you're going to realize how bad it could have been. And she was right on. She was so right. One of Steve's first big breaks was the story of Jessica McClure, the little girl who fell into a well in her backyard in Midland, Texas. 1997. It's been 30 years. Jessica actually just had her 30th birthday, if you can believe that. Uh, I came into work that day and they said, Steve, we're sending you to Midland. So I flew to Midland with just the clothes on my back. When I arrived in Midland, I rented a car. I drove to the backyard. My photographer had managed to get this big, tall ladder. And he was up on the top of the ladder looking down on the backyard where the well was. And I said, hey, you got any room up there? And he says, yeah, come on up. Well, Don Chapel, the photographer, and I were on that ladder most of the 58 hours that she was in the well. He remembers the day that rescuers pulled Jessica from the well. You would have thought that Midland had an NFL team that just won the Super Bowl. People were shouting for joy out of their homes. There was fireworks going off. People were honking their horns. It was amazing. And it was one of those moments that everybody remembers where they were and what they were doing. And it was shown around the world. Every, all, the local net, all, the, all the national networks cut into local programming. And it was incredible. Whether this is your first or one of many Plano podcasts that you've enjoyed, we want to take a moment to thank you and encourage you to support us on Patreon. Visit us at planopodcast.com and click on support for more information. Now back to Steve Stoller and producer Mary Jacobs. I don't think people realize how much weather kind of runs your life when you work in a TV newsroom. The first thing being that when everybody's told to stay home, you need to get to the office if you're not already there. Whenever there's the threat of severe weather, the ratings go through the roof because everyone wants to know what the weather's going to do. How am I going to dress my kids for school tomorrow? Is it going to snow tomorrow morning? Is it going to affect my commute to work? Uh, should I stay home tomorrow? Do I need to take in the plants? Do I need to hunker down and tie up the furniture if we're going to have high winds in the back yard? I mean, there's just so much riding on the weather. It affects everyone's life across the board. So the TV stations know this. And when there's the threat of severe weather, they throw people at it. And we would always look for a Lowe's because Lowe's had a big giant overhang where we could still be dry and shoot outside of the overhang. And then if it was at night, Lowe's has this giant parking lot with all these lights and you could look up at the lights with your camera and you could shoot the rain blowing horizontally to show the wind or if there was any debris, the whole parking lot's lit up. One thing I won't miss about the business is as exciting as that storm chasing was, I really like being home with my family when severe weather is coming in and protecting my own house. And I will not miss being on the side of a highway or an overpass when we have an ice storm telling our viewers why they need to stay home while the idiots, us, are out in the elements. Steve shared how he came to leave the TV business to become Plano's media relations director. I thought, I'm only going to leave the business if I find the perfect job. 
I got a call out of the blue from my old friend, the police chief, Bruce Glasscock. And he said, I need a favor. At this point, Harry LaRosselier had just been elected. He said, I need a favor. He said, we have a new mayor and he's never dealt with the media before. Would you mind sitting down with him and talking to him about how to deal with the media? I said, sure, I'd be happy to. So when I met with Harry over breakfast, he said, we feel Plano has a really incredible story to tell. And we want to tell the story beyond our city and really beyond Texas to the entire nation. So I thought, hmm, I wonder if maybe that could be my little spark of entry. Because I'd been saying for 10 years, if I ever leave the news business, the one job I'd love to have is to do communications for the city of Plano. I lived in Plano. It's my community. I did so many stories at the city of Plano that you know, I know most of the executive team. That conversation led to another with city manager Bruce Glasscock and ultimately to that perfect job with the city of Plano. Instead of reporting the news, now Steve is fielding interviews with reporters. What's it like, you know, you joke about coming over to the dark side. What's that been like? Well, my perception has changed. I think I came from the dark side <laughs> to the bright side, actually. Thankfully, the city management staff here has a real desire to be open with the media. You know, the only time we're not open is when we get advice from our city attorney that says, you know, we because of litigation that's pending, we can't talk about this issue. You have covered the city as a member of the media, and now you're covering the city in a sense from the inside as a spokesperson. So you have this really unique inside outside view of Plano. What's the one thing you know about Plano that nobody else knows? So that's a really tough question. And I don't know. My response, I think, may sound like a PR response, but it's really the truth and how I really feel. The caliber of people that work for the city, our executive team is amazing. I mean, the people that lead the departments, the directors, these people are amazing people, extremely talented that could walk into any corporation and get a job easily and be competent and effective at their jobs. They really live up to that slogan, City of Excellence. They take it very, very seriously. Since Steve got his start in TV in the early 80s, the time in which the movie Anchorman was set, we asked if anything resonated. Ron Burgundy, that terrible, cheap mustache. I had a mustache that was worse than Ron Burgundy's. Thank you so much for taking time to speak with us. I'm Steve Stoller, formerly of Fox 4 News and Channel 8 News, and now the city of Plano. And you've been listening to the Plano Podcast. Stay classy, Plano. With this episode, we're adding a new feature where we'll introduce to you some of Plano's most intriguing characters. If you've got an emergency in Plano, who are you going to call? If you dial 911, you might hear this voice at the other end of the line. My name is Keisha Hogan. Um, I am a public safety communications specialist. I've been here with the city of Plano for 11 years. My answer 911 calls. I dispatch for the fire department, and I'm also an NCIC operator. Warrant confirmations and researching for the officers in the field. So what's it like to work 911 in Plano? Keisha says some times are busier than others. 
when it's a full moon, you start to know it because the calls are just bizarre. They are there's a huge influx of calls. You'll get things that you don't hear about all year happening on a full moon. Our busiest day of the week is Thursdays, which was kind of surprising to me. I think it's that it is everybody's trying to uh, push in all of their last minute business before the weekend rolls around. So you have a lot of people that are shopping or running errands or trying to do all of uh, their weekly activities before Friday plans kick in and Saturday plans. So we'll just have a ton of activity on Thursday afternoons uh, into the next day. As far as the year goes, holidays. Anytime you mix family and fireworks and alcohol and things like that, um, it's going to be a very, very busy day. We asked Keisha to tell us about the craziest call she's ever taken. This guy comes on and he says, my bobcat is stolen. And I said, excuse me? And he said, my bobcat, they've, they've taken my bobcat. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy has a pet bobcat and somebody stole it. I'm ready. Okay, so I'm starting typing. I'm putting in the address. You know, I'm thinking of all the things that I need to ask. I was really kind of amped up because this was my first big call. And so we're going along and I'm like, oh, I need animal control. And he goes, they've taken off. They've gone towards 75. And I was like, oh my goodness, a bobcat loose on 75? Like, okay, I, this is, you know, this is a huge deal. Like there's going to be accidents and all of this stuff. My mind is kind of catastrophizing all the things that are going to happen. And he goes, yeah, I got the VIN number when you're ready. And I had to stop and I was like, excuse me, sir? And he's like, yeah, I got the VIN when you're ready. And so I said, you said your bobcat? What, are, what exactly are you talking about? I had no idea that a bobcat was a huge piece of mechanical equipment. I was shouting at dispatchers like there's this animal loose on the highway and I had animal control on their way. And so I was the the joke for a couple of days. Part of the job, too, is learning as you go because I had no idea. Currently, Plano has 44 dispatchers, but the city is actively recruiting new ones. We asked Keisha, who does well in this challenging job? We are an interesting bunch. I think the best uh, people for dispatching are people that are outgoing, that want to help people, that have the ability to multitask and to kind of hold a lot of information in their head at once. I mean, we are looking at a lot of screens. We're listening to you. We're evaluating resources. So people that can kind of do a lot of things at one time and really have a passion for public service. We take classes in the geography of the city. We take classes on makes and models of vehicles. We take classes about medical issues that people can have. Um, there's just a lot of work before you ever even answer a call. I have been really fortunate with the city of Plano, especially being a dispatcher, to be able to really help people, to really make a difference in their day-to-day -day lives. People don't usually call us on the best day of their lives. You know, when they call us, it's a time of crisis. And it feels so good to be able to say after 11 years, um, I know that I've made situations better for people. I know that I've been able to send help and help mitigate some of these bad things that happen to people. So that's been probably the best part of this job. Thanks, Keisha, for sharing your story. And we salute you as one of the characters that make Plano a safe and vibrant city. And finally, it's time for our tale of curiosity. Here at Plano Podcast, we love colorful stories. So we couldn't pass up the chance to meet Dandelion, the outgoing color in the Crayola crayon box. That's right, we interviewed a crayon. And don't even think about snickering, because this crayon recently made one of his last official appearances right here in Plano. 
So this is Dandelion. He is a yellow crayon who is so sad because he's retiring this month. You can see Dandelion is, is melting a little waxed here because he's so sad. He loves the kids so much. You can see uh, he, he says he's having so much fun with them and he feels so honored that if he's going to play one last time that it's going to be with these kids from Primrose. Dandelion has a lot of fans and his friend Scarlet um, is often with him. Scarlet was here earlier. She went back to the crayon box. It was her nap time. Um, but Dandelion has been surrounded by love in, in this last month and he's saying right now that he looks around this room and he knows that even though he's gone that his friends are going to keep inspiring kids and especially at the new Crayola experience here in Plano, Texas. He's got a hat on. He does because he's dandy. He is a very, very fancy crayon. Uh, but he's so whimsical. He's so playful. It really takes a special crayon to be here today and bring such joy. Dandelion has been replaced by a yet-to-be-named shade of blue. While we sadly must say goodbye to Dandelion in his cool little hat, we say hello to the Crayola Experience, a 60,000-square-foot new building which will open at Willow Bend Mall in Plano in the spring of 2018. To remind us big kids that life is about play and creativity. And I'm not saying, I think I saw some adults posing with Dandelion. Creativity isn't just for kids. It's for all of us. I'm Charles Johnson, audio engineer for Plano Podcast. For more information, visit planopodcast.com and click on episode resources. We've reached the end of another edition of Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. We hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion. Remember to support us on Patreon and to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Send your feedback, ideas, and comments our way. Thanks for listening and subscribing. We'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth. Until next time.